My name's John Redmond from First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas, and I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. And on today's program, we're going to be thinking about baptism. Baptism. Now, I don't know what you believe about baptism or how much you've ever studied what the Bible says about baptism, but today we're going to be thinking together about baptism and the importance of baptism, why we should be baptized, and then some reasons that it would be wrong to be baptized for. And so I think baptism is a very important topic. And as I think about my own preaching ministry, I've been preaching for over 30 years, and I think maybe I've not preached enough about baptism. It's one of those topics that many times a pastor or a preacher will mention somewhere along the way of a sermon. He'll make some passing reference to the fact that we're supposed to be baptized. But sometime recently, I just became convicted by the Lord that I needed to preach an entire sermon to our congregation on the subject of baptism. And so recently I did that. And I wish everybody listening to this program could have been in our two morning worship services the day that happened, because when I gave the invitation and encouraged people not only to come be saved, but people who've already been saved to come for their baptism, it's just like the floodgates opened and people started coming forward one after the other, some for salvation, uh, others who had been saved for their baptism, and it was a glorious day. And we had 18 decisions that Sunday morning, and, and three of those were baptized in our evening service on the same day. And this next Sunday, at the time I'm recording this broadcast anyway, to the glory of God, we have 15 people scheduled to be baptized. And many of those are came forward in the service on that Sunday when we were talking about baptism in our church. And so what I was going to do originally was just to take that sermon and edit it and put it on the radio. But the problem is that sermon that Sunday morning was about 38 minutes in length. And this radio program can be only 24 minutes and a few seconds. And so it was going to be hard for me to edit that much out of a sermon. And so consider yourself blessed today. It took our people 38 minutes to listen to me talk about baptism. And with you today, I'm going to do it in just over 24 minutes. And so you get the shorter version of this sermon. And I pray it'll be a blessing. Now, I know this. Many of those who are listening today have already been baptized. You, you followed Jesus in your baptism many, many years ago. But I know this. There are others who need to be baptized. You have never followed Jesus in baptism, and, you've, and you need to take that step of faith. And so today, I'm praying that as we just study the Bible together, that you will be able to hear, not primarily from me, but that you would be able to hear clearly from God what His Word teaches about baptism, and that by the end of our time together, you would... Uh, know what you need to do next in this area. And let me say this before I get into it. To those who've already been baptized and you've already taken care of that uh, part of your obedience, maybe I'll say something today that will help you as you witness to others and as you maybe talk to others about the importance of baptism. So let's just begin. If you have your Bible today, I wish you would open it to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter number 3. And I want to read some verses here 
uh, beginning in verse 13, that talk to us about the baptism of Jesus. That is, Jesus himself was baptized. And we're going to be thinking about why he was baptized in just a moment. But first, listen to these words. Matthew 3 and verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John, that is to John the Baptist, at the Jordan, that's the Jordan River, to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And so what I want you to see is at the beginning of his public ministry, the first thing Jesus did was to be baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. Now, turn to Matthew chapter 28. It's the last chapter in this gospel. And I want you to notice what Jesus said when he was giving the Great Commission. Now, this is at the end of Jesus' ministry, after his crucifixion, after his resurrection, and just before he returned to heaven to be with his Father. In verse 18 of Matthew 28, Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So isn't it interesting that Jesus began his ministry by being baptized, and he ended his ministry by talking about baptism, by teaching his disciples that they should go out into the, all the world, telling people how to be saved, and then baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if baptism was that important in the ministry of Jesus and in his life, it better be important in our lives too. So I want us to just try to answer some very basic questions today, and I'm going to scoot through these as quickly as I can, and yet I want to be as thorough as I possibly can. And the first question is, why was Jesus baptized? When we're baptized today, it's because we have been saved and We've had our sins forgiven, and so we want to be baptized to let everybody know about that decision. But think about it from Jesus' perspective. He didn't have any sins that needed to be forgiven. Uh, he was perfect. So why in the world would Jesus have been baptized? And the answer to that question is he was baptized in order to fulfill God's will by identifying with sinners. Remember what we read when Jesus was talking to John the Baptist. Jesus said, I, I want to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness. And so when Jesus was baptized, what he was doing was he was identifying with sinners. And, and that's really what Jesus did all through his life. Think about this. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, what, what was happening there? Well, God became a baby. God became one of us. He was identifying with us. And so all through Jesus' life, he is going through pain, temptation, suffering. He's doing that so that he would experience the same things that we would experience and that we do experience in our lives. And so Jesus was identifying with us, with sinners. And not only that, his baptism was a picture of his own death, burial, and resurrection. 
Because when a person is baptized, they're lowered into the water and they're lifted back up. Sometimes you'll hear ministers say when he's baptizing somebody, you're buried with Christ in baptism and you're raised to walk in newness of life. Now, in Jesus's case, his baptism was a picture of his own death, burial, and resurrection. So that's why Jesus was baptized, to identify with sinners. Now, why should we be baptized, okay? What are the reasons that we should should submit to this command of the Lord and be baptized? Well, first of all, let me give you two reasons we should not be baptized. Number one, not to have our sins forgiven. I think there's some genuine people who honestly believe if they will get baptized, then somehow their sins will be washed away. And even though that's wrong thinking and that's absolutely contrary to the teaching of the New Testament, I can understand how somebody would think that. Because what do we do at home? We get dirty, we take a bath, we take a shower, and we get clean. And so we come to church and we see somebody up there in this pool of water, and I think it would be easy for a person to conclude, well, hey, this water at church must somehow be holy water, and it's going to wash the people's sins away. But friend, that water in your church or in my church or in any church is not holy water. It is city water. And it's just regular water. And the water does not wash our sins away. Think about where our sins are. Our sins are in our hearts. And water can't touch our hearts. Common sense would tell us that. The Bible says the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And so we don't get baptized in order to have our sins forgiven. We get baptized because Jesus has already forgiven us of our sins, and we want other people to know about that. And I'll be back to that in just a moment. A second reason we should not be baptized is simply this. We should not be baptized to appease a church or a denomination. Now, I minister in a Baptist church. And I would say not every week and maybe not even every month, but fairly often somebody will come to me from maybe a Catholic church or a Methodist, Lutheran, Episcopalian church, and they will say, hey, we like it here at First Baptist in Pasadena, and we feel God is leading us, maybe as a family or maybe as an individual, to join this church. And sometimes a person will say, but when I was young, I was baptized as a baby, infant baptism, or maybe I... I I was sprinkled when I was about 12 years old in another church. And so now, I guess since I'm coming to the Baptist church, that I should be baptized, so I'll do it the way y'all do it. Friend, I can't find a verse in the Bible that says that's the right reason to be baptized. You should never get baptized because a church says... This is what you have to do to be a part of our church. That's just not in the Bible. There may be some doctrinal teaching on that from a denominational perspective, but I can't find anything in the Bible that says you're supposed to be baptized to appease a church. And so I tell people who are coming to our church from other denominations, listen, the most important thing is not your baptism. The most important thing is that you're saved and that you have Jesus living in your heart through repentance of sins and through receiving him personally by faith. And so many times when a person comes to talk to me about baptism, I end up talking to them about salvation. And through the years, many people have been saved just that way. And then I always say to them, now listen, you need to be baptized. I can't back off on what the Bible teaches. But you don't need to be baptized because you're now coming to a Baptist church. You need to be baptized because that's what God wants you to do. So don't get baptized because the church says this is what we require and you need to please us. 
that would be a lower reason, lower motivation for baptism. So here's the here's a reason we should get baptized in order to be obedient to Christ's command. Jesus has commanded us in the Great Commission that we're to baptize new converts and other places in the Bible. We're commanded to be baptized. There's your motive to be baptized, to be obedient to Christ, not to appease a denomination. Think about this. If you got baptized because the church said to you, you have to do this because this is what we believe, well, when you come up out of that water, what you're going to be thinking is, well, I hope the church is happy. But if you get baptized for the higher motivation of obeying Jesus, when you come out of that baptism of water, you're going to be thinking, I know in my heart that I've done what God told me to do. I have followed Jesus in my baptism, and I feel good about it. And so baptism is something we do just because God told us to do it. Another reason we get baptized is in order to publicly identify with Jesus. Now, I referred to this earlier, but when a person is baptized, they're in that baptistry in most churches in a white robe, and that white robe is a symbol and a picture that God has made their heart clean and pure and white. It says in the scripture, though our sins be like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And so a white robe is a picture, a reflection of a clean heart. And then that person is lowered into the water and lifted back up. It's a picture that they have died to an old way of living and they've been raised to walk in a brand new way of life. And so baptism is not salvation. Baptism is a picture of salvation. For those of you who are married, you wear a wedding ring. Now, that ring doesn't make you married. Uh, It just doesn't. And if you forget to wear your ring one day, that doesn't make you single. I can assure you of that, and your spouse hopes you remember that. The ring is a symbol. It's a picture. It doesn't make you married. It just shows that you are married. That's exactly what baptism is. It is a symbol of our salvation. And when we're baptized, what we're saying to the world is, I have died to an old way of living. I've been raised to walk in a brand new way of life. I'm a new person now. I'm not perfect, but I am a new person. It's interesting, in our English Bibles, the word baptize was never translated from the Greek language. You know that the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written in Greek. And back in about the year 1611, the King of England gathered together some uh, scholars And he said, what I want you to do is to bring the Bible into the English language, translate the Hebrew into English from the Old Testament, translate the Greek into English in the New Testament so that people can read the Bible in their own language. And so these scholars set about to do it. And they translated the Old Testament and they got to the New. They were translating the New Testament and they got to the Greek word baptizo, B-I-P-T-I-Z-O. And they said, okay, we have to translate this word into English, but they had a problem because the scholars knew that the word baptizo literally means to immerse, to put under the water. In fact, it's interesting, in the first century, uh, back during Bible times, the word baptizo was not a religious word at all. It was an ordinary common word. In fact, if it was used like this, if a husband and wife were uh, in their home, and they had had dinner together, and this was before the days, of course, of uh, dishwashers, and so they had to wash the uh, dishes in the sink. They would say, like we would say, I'm washing my dishes. They would say, 
I'm baptizing my dishes. That's how they used that word baptizo. And what they meant by that was they were taking the dirty dishes, they were putting them under the water, and they were getting those dishes clean. So it was not a, it was not a religious word at all. And so when Jesus came along and he started talking about being baptized, Everybody in that culture knew that Jesus meant you're supposed to go under the water. Just like dishes go under the water to be clean, we're supposed to go under the water in baptism. I'll guarantee you, if you have somebody to your house to, to have dinner, or let's say it this way, if somebody invites you to their house to eat, you hope they put those dishes under the water from the previous meal. You hope they don't just sprinkle those dishes to get them clean. You hope they immerse those dishes. So the scholars knew that the word baptizo meant to immerse, but they also knew that the king of England who had commanded them to translate the Bible into English, that his church didn't immerse people. They sprinkled people. And so they said, well, if we translate the word baptizo and make it say to immerse, we're going to get in trouble with the king because the king believes people are supposed to be sprinkled. And if we translate the word baptizo as sprinkle so that we can appease the king, all the other Bible scholars are going to laugh us out of town because everybody knows that the word baptizo means to immerse. And so let's just talk about this just for a second because I do know that many different denominations baptize different ways. And I dealt with this thoroughly in the morning that I preached it here in our church because our church is blessed to have people from Catholic backgrounds and all these other different denominations coming to worship with us. And so it's a very sensitive issue. But we have to try to understand what, why do churches, why do some churches sprinkle and why do some churches immerse? Well, it's interesting. If you go back to the first century, you will find that for the first 13 centuries of church history, everybody immersed. Every church was immersing their new converts under the water and lifting them back up. It was a picture. They had died to an old way of living. They'd been raised to walk in a brand new way of life. And even today, if you go to some Catholic churches in Europe, even though they don't use it anymore, you will find in those churches a baptistry a pool of water like you would find in, a, in our church here in Pasadena. And so up until about the 13th century, everybody immersed. But at that time, they made a decision to start sprinkling instead of immersing because they said, hey, sprinkling is easier. It's more convenient. People don't have to go up there and change clothes and, and go get put on a robe and get their hair messed up. And so they said, for the sake of convenience, we will uh, just start sprinkling people. Up until that time, the only people who had been sprinkled were people who physically could not be immersed. And we've done that in our church through the years. We've had people who are in wheelchairs and they've gotten saved and they want to be baptized and they can't get in the water. And so we bring them uh, to the front of the church and we'll put water on their head. They're not immersed, but they're doing all that they can do. And I believe in my heart that those people are as baptized as if they'd have been baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. They're doing all they can do. Friend, God never expects us to do something we can't do. And so if a person physically can't go under the water, you have to do the next best thing. And you put some water on that person's head. And so up until the 13th century, the only people who were sprinkled were situations like that. But about that time, uh, some other churches began just sprinkling everybody. And so where that leaves us today, like in our church, 
we have a lot of people who come to be a part of our church and they even get saved. And then they'll say, well, when I was a baby, I was sprinkled. My parents had me baptized as a baby. I don't need to be baptized again. And maybe I'm sure listening today, there are hundreds of people, maybe more than maybe thousands of people who have been baptized as a baby. And you think that that's all you need to do. Well, let me say, first of all, when your parents had you baptized as a baby in the church that they were in, that was, you know, I think probably what was in your parents' heart was they were trying to dedicate you as a baby back to God. Now, I want to be clear. I do not believe in infant baptism, okay? I don't even consider infant baptism to be baptism. I consider that to be some form of a baby dedication. And I think that's probably what was in your parents' heart, if you were baptized as a baby, they were just dedicating you back to God. But the Bible teaches when we get older and when we make our own decision to follow the Lord and to receive Jesus as our Savior, that we are to follow Him in baptism. And so I, I tell people all the time, listen, I think if you'll get baptized, just tell your parents. A lot of people are afraid if they do that, they're going to offend their parents or their parents are going to feel like they've rejected uh or, you know, something they went through, I say, listen, just tell your parents that you view your, your baptism as a baby as a dedication, but now that you're grown, you need to make your own decision. And I say to them, I think your parents will understand that. And they, your parents, I think nine times out of ten, would say to you, you do uh, what you feel God leading you to do. And if you feel God leading you to be baptized, you go ahead and you do that. And so, the Bible does not teach infant baptism. The Bible teaches believer's baptism, that we're supposed to be baptized after we get saved. And yet, even as I say that, I think when we're talking to somebody who is from a different denominational background, whether it's Catholic or Lutheran or Methodist, and this is one thing I love about our church in Pasadena, we're thankful to God that they're all coming to our church from all these denominations. And we have to be sensitive that just because their background is different from ours, that doesn't mean that we can just dismiss it and not try to help them to understand their situation from God's perspective and ultimately to follow in their baptism. And so that's the reason we get baptized, to publicly identify with Jesus. And I can remember the morning I preached this sermon. I gave the invitation. A man came down the aisle. I would say he's in his 50s. And his daughter came down the aisle, and she was in her early 20s, I would say, maybe not even 20 years old yet. And she said, you know, I was baptized when I was a baby, and I thought that's all I had to do to go to heaven, and I thought I was okay. But she said, now I understand baptism is not what saves. Jesus saves. She said, I need to get saved, and then I want to follow Jesus in believer's baptism. And her dad said, you know, I've never been baptized either. And I need to make a similar decision. And he said, I would like to just pray and know for sure that I'm saved. And I had the privilege of leading that man and his daughter to pray to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. And soon they'll be baptized together. They won't be baptized in order to get saved. They'll be baptized because they already are saved. And so the only prerequisite for baptism is that you have repented of your sins and you've asked Jesus to save you. And after you've done that, you can be baptized, and it's the right thing to do. It's an act of obedience. You won't be any more saved after you get baptized than you were before you baptized. Again, baptism is a picture, a symbol of salvation. It's not salvation itself. And so I would just say to you today, baptism is not the most important thing in the Christian life. 
The most important thing is getting saved and knowing for sure that we're saved. But baptism comes somewhere pretty close after that. And if you've never been saved, let's just focus on the main thing first. Could I lead you in a prayer right now and just help you to receive Jesus Christ? Just say this, say, Lord Jesus, I need to be forgiven and I need to be saved. And I know that the church can't forgive my sins. Baptism can't forgive my sins, whether it's a spoonful, a cupful, or a tankful. I need the blood of Jesus to wash my sins away. And I ask you to do it now, Lord. Come into my heart and make me a Christian. I trust you with all my heart. Friend, if you, if you prayed that prayer today and meant it with all your heart, the Lord has saved you. You're born again. You're heaven bound. You're going to go to heaven whether you ever get baptized or not. But I'll tell you one thing. When you stand before God one day, you'll be glad that you were baptized because that will be an act of obedience. So share this decision with your church. Follow Jesus in baptism as soon as you can. Write and tell us about it and let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks for listening today. God bless.